0: Hello. Hello! My name is Matt.
1: My name is Abigail.
0: And this is the Polyglot, Polyglot Progress, Progress podcast.
1: podcast.
0: Nice! We actually got it. We actually it. did it. Cool.
1: Alright, well we're trying out a new system for recording the podcast, and if that's anything to go by, this is working.
0: <laughs> yeah, so far so good.
1: Um. So also, yeah, if I'm looking down a lot, it's because I'm talking to Matt on my phone but recording on my computer, <laughs> so me looking down is probably me talking to him um trying
0: to figure out the best way to record this podcast and uh we we want to make up for all the uh like (laughs) bad episodes that we've had recently with so many technical issues so hopefully this will do those justice
1: so, to begin, we're just going to talk a little bit about what we've been up to language-wise mm-hmm. recently. I know someone recently commented on a podcast, like, if you want to get to the app actual topic, it starts yeah. at, like, however many minutes. So, if you don't want to hear us talk about just, like, updates about our language learning, then um, skip ahead a little, I guess. Yeah,
0: it's alright. <laughs>
1: um, so, yeah, what so have you been
0: up to recently, language-wise?
1: I have, yesterday, I started Enjoy German, Um, Mm -hmm. I'm really not very far in it though, and I've been doing the German Memorize course that I started last year. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mentioned all this in my, like, summer language goals video, so I'll just promo that if you'd like to go watch that. I mentioned, like, everything. And I've also been working through the Duolingo Japanese course, Mm -hmm. which, um, I mean, I've only done the four Hiragana sections, um, and I assume you could absolutely not use this course to learn a language, but it's- it's really boosted my confidence, at least with Japanese, because I've been going kind of more based on a conversational type thing, where the websites I've been using have been, like, kind of teaching you based on conversation. So I've learned a lot of useful phrases, but I haven't necessarily learned a ton of vocab, so just getting a jumpstart of, like, 30 new vocab words or however many new vocab words just from that- those first four lessons has made me feel, like, much better. just because I know that then once I get more of a handle on grammar and sentence structure and things, I'll be able to form more sentences because I'll know words to put in. So
0: that's awesome. I'd
1: say I've been enjoying that. I've, I've also started refreshing my Bulgarian, which is exciting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You've been hearing about that. That's awesome.
1: Um, and that's, that's basically what I've been up to.
0: All right. Yeah. I've been, I've been refreshing and learning more Norwegian recently. So that's been really cool. Um, Uh, Yeah, I've been going through the Teach Yourself book. I would say I'm nearly halfway. I think there's 20 or 18 chapters in there, and I'm on little through seven. I might be on eight now. Um, What I'm doing is I'm going through the uh, dialogues, and I'm either reading them out loud or I'm listening to them with audio while I read them, and I'm going through them a few times before I move on to the next one, and I'm kind of just jumping around there, and then uh, refreshing on grammar concepts as I have to. But the grammar of Norwegian hasn't been too much of a problem for me. I'm, I'm enjoying it a lot, actually uh it's a very enjoyable language for me and uh yeah what else have i been doing i've been going through the french teach yourself and uh i need to get back to my japanese mango languages course i haven't done that in a while i've been slacking so i need to get back to that
1: all right (laughs) yeah Cool, cool
0: so that's where we are language learning wise and so what is the topic for episode 14
1: So, episode 14, we thought we'd kind of go off of episode 13, Mm -hmm. last week when we talked about pronunciation and accent, how important it was, how to improve, all that kind of thing. So today, we're going to talk about writing, Mm -hmm. and sort of the pronunciation of writing, which is, like, your handwriting in the language. Yeah, I am (laughs) really proud of myself. So basically, (laughs) this isn't necessarily as important in every language. Writing is obviously important, but the handwriting aspect is not so much... Um, basically why I wanted to talk about that specifically is I know, I don't know how much it'll, like, it would, like, give away that you're not a native, um, you're writing in, like, Japanese, Korean, Asian languages, but I do know a lot of people strive to have really nice-looking handwriting, um, and I'm sure there are definitely ways to tell when, like, a, an English speaker is writing or something just based on their handwriting, um, so that's the case, but also I know with, I studied Bulgarian, obviously, and, the Cyrillic alphabet is, there's two forms of it, there's the print form and the cursive form and I made the mistake of being like just write everything in the print form, I like that one better and also I haven't written in cursive in English since first grade, like I genuinely have never used cur- cursive in my life so I'm very slow with it, I don't really know what I'm doing even in my native language mm-hmm. um, because it's not just not something we use. However, I then later <laughs> learned that that's a dead giveaway, that you are mm-hmm. an American because they never, ever write in the print form. It's always the cursive. The print form is basically exclusively books. Oh, okay. so That's interesting. It, it, but the problem was, is then writing vocab, I was so slow with it, and I'm mm-hmm. still very slow with it because... I, like I said, I I can't really even write cursive in my own language. Like, I know how to, but it's a very tedious process for me. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: that's, so, that's really interesting because w- when you say that, I, I think, like, you know, when it comes to, like, something like flashcards and, like, learning vocabulary, that you would want to write it, uh, with what you're saying, you'd want to write it in the cursive. But um, then when it comes to seeing that word and recognizing it later, you'd have to recognize it in the print script. yeah. That's really interesting.
1: So I just Hmm. kind of wanted to throw out the question to you, basically, because our podcast last week kind of, like, our discussion ended up being, like, we ended up, like, having, like, an argument on the podcast. I I know, I think, Um, and I
0: think on this we might take different stances, too.
1: Yeah, I mean, we'll also clarify, we fought on the podcast a bit, but, like, we we were... each other's opinions oh, no, to- like, completely with language mm-hmm. learning like that, like I, I can see how Matt has his stances with pronunciation I agree <laughs> with some of them but not fully um, but so I just because and pronunciation me, and sounding like a native is so important to you, I was wondering even like, though you haven't studied necessarily style? like Russian or a Cyrillic language, if you feel like replicating the writing style is like a super important thing and like striving to look like a native's writing
0: it's really interesting that you say that The just the way you phrase this makes me want to answer a different question almost um, mm-hmm. because when I hear writing style I think more so grammar and the way sentences are formed but I mean and, and when I say this I'm, I am talking about writing it out um, yeah. but I'm not more so talking about the handwriting of it um, but I, I do think it's important to mention and I think I'm gonna take note of it now when going forward and um
1: yeah, if you're going to learn a Cyrillic...
0: Definitely one like, learning a Cyrillic alph- language. If you're going to learn yeah. anything
1: that uses the Cyrillic alphabet, mm-hmm. do yourself a favor and <laughs> learn, the, learn, learn the how cursive. to do cursive again. Like, genuinely, because I know how to write the cursive letters and, like, I can read cursive Bulgarian, it's just that I, like I said, like, I don't use it in English. Like, yeah. just the shape of things, like, it's mm-hmm. very, like, it's a very weird process for me and I just don't write naturally like that because mm-hmm. I never do used
0: it me as well so Mm
1: -hmm. um i definitely need to work on that but it's very it's a very slow process
0: (laughs) it's tough because i i can't necessarily relate with this question because the the Mm -hmm. majority of languages i've studied involve the latin script uh yeah which which are just forms of the english alphabet or you know well the english may be derived from them but uh they, they i don't necessarily have many scripts that i use sadly because i'm such a big fan of them because um, I, I I know I I love languages like the which which use the Arabic script uh, Japanese I absolutely adore and it's made it's made me think bringing this question up is I feel like Japanese print is very similar to the writing is it not
1: I I honestly don't know. well it is but I don't know if there's I, like I know people focus on their handwriting in Asian languages a lot so I also don't know if it is one of those things where it's like very obvious if you are a foreigner in your handwriting. And I assume actually Mm it probably is, it probably does show people who have not been writing those symbols Mm -hmm. their whole lives. So I guess, like, my question, even if you haven't studied a lot, do you feel like you'd put the same emphasis you put on pronunciation and sounding like a native when speaking that you would on
0: having your writing writing
1: look like a native?
0: And when you say, when you say my writing, you mean the writing system and, like, replicating it?
1: Yeah, I'm saying, like, flat out, like, look like a native. Like, because there's, the sentence structure thing can appear in both speaking and writing as well. There's, you could easily speak and word things as a foreigner. And I definitely want to talk about, like, improving your writing mm-hmm. sentence structure-wise later. But just for now, like, do you think that having it look like a native, much like having it sound like a native, do you think it's as important, or...
0: I, I would say, I would say it's definitely important. I would definitely say, like, if, if I was to say learn Greek... Um, that is a whole new writing system for me mm-hmm. that, of course, I, I'm familiar with a lot of those symbols just because I've had a lot of exposure to, you know, say in math or something like that, yeah. where those symbols are used. Um, but replicating the way they're written, I, I, I generally think this is something I've not thought about a lot. And so I, I appreciate that this is coming up now because it's something I'm going to definitely take note of in the future going forward. Um, when I learn Arabic, maybe, because I, I, I know I very much stumble. When it comes to those abjad scripts, or specifically Arabic, uh, and like languages with Farsi, which which use this script, where I'm always like, this this is written in like calligraphy. How am I gonna ever replicate mm-hmm. this? Um, but I mean, there there are so many scripts. I mean, if you look at like like that one book that you, you would tell me about the other day, with the uh, the ancient like German script. <laughs> Like that could not be written, and that's the Latin. Can alphabet. I? I'm
1: gonna get that for yeah, yeah, on the podcast because we've mentioned this before, and it is so weird. It's
0: crazy. Like, <laughs> um, because like that that for me is just like uh, that's. I, I guess there are some writing systems which, because of the way I'm used to writing, it seems like oh, this just seems impractical. But I mean, when you think about like Babylonian, you've got like
1: what is this play? And they note and that the reads. English is in normal writing and then the German they've stuck in this like very weird font. Yeah. And that is my German book from nineteen twenty-three. this again? Uh this is from nineteen
0: forty three. Forty three, I gotta I gotta kinda write
1: <laughs> German and review, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs>
0: Yeah, like, it's tough, too, because, like, th- there are also languages which have endured um, writing system changes, such as Turkish and Swahili. Mm. Um, languages that have um, come from different writing systems, and, like, uh, I-, I wouldn't necessarily say, like, old old habits die hard, but, because I, I don't know how it applies to this situation, but...
1: I was going to say, <laughs> <but> like, <laughs> where's he going with cause, this? Because when
0: you look at Swahili, like, it... Ancient texts and stuff, and ancient like buildings, maybe um, in in the in that area of the world, will have um, writing in what looks like Arabic, but is Swahili written with that writing system. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to Turkish, Turkish was written using that script before um, what's his name, Atatürk came in and uh, Latinized it mm-hmm. or Romanized. I don't know what it, basically reformed the Turkish language. Um, and so uh, there, there are pushes in different places of the world to write a certain way. And, I mean, if you want to talk about writing systems, look at Georgian, like, or, or Thai. Yeah. Like, those are things, like, I, if I was ever to write Thai, it would just, like, I'm, uh, I'm doing, like, cursive Ls <laughs> is what it would be like to me, I think. Um, like, <laughs> I think it's also hard for me to, like, replicate a way that people write, because, like, I don't hold a pen the right way. However, Neither I hold do it. I. I hold it like this.
1: Fun w- fact, Matt and I hold pens the same way, almost. But, yeah, like, this how I hold we mine. hold it very wrong. I hold it the same way, just like, I press like it on this finger instead of this one. It's
0: supposed to be like this. At least where we are, this is how you're supposed to hold it. And I hold it like this.
1: This is how I hold a pen.
0: <laughs> um. <so when laughs> Everyone comes, in the so, like,
1: comments <laughs> is, like, screaming, look at this. What is this? No one ever corrected me.
0: Oh boy. <laughs> but yeah, so like uh, again, I don't know how qualified w- uh, I am to talk about this. Considering I, the only other writing system I know a little bit of is the Japanese syllabary.
1: Um,
0: mm-hmm. Hiragana and hiragana I'm most comfortable with, and then like katakana second. Kanji don't talk to me about yet. <laughs>
1: Well, I guess just, like, looking at it, if you were going to start learning a language Mm -hmm. with some sort of writing system like this, you're going to learn, like, since we've been using Cyrillic as an example, you're going to learn Russian tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Would you try and replicate, (laughs) would you try and replicate the, like, would you put emphasis on not only learning the characters for it, but also like having it look as though you grew up writing this language
0: see um looking as if i grew up writing it and just be like natural creation of this of the writing natural writing i think is uh, two different things to strive for um because like uh, i i don't think my english writing looks like i grew up uh, writing English my entire <laughs> life because of how sloppy my handwriting is, and so I think I'm a person that. Well, I think that
1: actually makes it look more like you grew up writing oh, really? English your whole life. Because
0: I'm comfortable with it, maybe. Um, like I would say that I I reached a point one time I'm not there anymore, but at one point with my Japanese where I thought um, I thought my writing was like neater than my English writing, but again hmm. I think I think we have an advantage as language learners um because we get to teach ourselves now how to make these movements in different scripts. And so mm-hmm. if we want to learn something now, where re- it's almost like relearning something you've never learned before, because you get to teach yourself the movements. Um, and so it's interesting that you brought up the Russian thing because I do have a, the book on Russian that you gave me that I remember opening up one day and studying the Cyrillic alphabet and like learning it pretty quickly. And I forgot all Mm -hmm. the next day, of course. But I I, I learned it really quickly, and I was like, this is really cool. And then I was, like, reading words, and I was checking the alphabet, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm actually understanding this. Um, But if I was to take notes, it wouldn't dawn on me to write it like a native, because Mm -hmm. as far as that book at least taught me, which I believe that book's kind of old, but either way, um, I would have just written in the print. Mm. And so... But I I do think it is very important. I think now that you're bringing it up, I think it is a very good move to use cursive. Um, Not only because it's quicker, but, like, it's just an art form that, like, we don't focus on nowadays.
1: I think this is also an interesting discussion in the sense that last week on the podcast, like, we had this stance where I was kind of like, I don't feel that it's that important. And, like, as a clarification, I... Really like having a good accent myself, and I do think it's very important to my personal language learning. But if I'm taking the overall stance of language learning, I don't feel that pronunciation is important.
0: Like you don't. And I feel a, like that didn't. The ultimate thing in language learning.
1: Well, I don't feel like it's that, and I also don't feel like. I also a don't vacuum? feel like. No, you need to leave. I need to a vacuum. I don't have a vacuum. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, and I also I feel. Like it's not necessarily important in general. Like, like I said, like I feel like it's more important to learn how to speak and then mm-hmm. make your accent sound like a native. Um, but for me, I definitely strive to sound like a native. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. But I-, I think we in- just have
0: uh, like again, we got very heated last time. I-, I think we just have at different points in our language learning, we focus on these different things. Like I, li- I like to focus on it from a very yeah. early on stage, and like because it's just fun for me.
1: Oh, I do too. Mm-hmm. I, I like I, I think it's important to learn as you learn Definitely. the like, sounds of the language. But um I think here like I feel like I have like you brought up how you have such an interest in it. Like more of an interest mm-hmm. than I do. Like I put it highly in my like importance of things to learn in my language learning, but you put it much higher and mm-hmm. it's a very big part of your language learning because you're so interested in accents and like sounds and yeah, stuff. Yeah. It's,
0: it's, and it's I find my linguistic this interesting nerd.
1: because I think that I put writing like very high like the way that my writing looks you do like specifically the way it looks can i and i think it's because i'm so interested in calligraphy and like Mm -hmm. painting and that kind of thing so i just found it very interesting that like your interest in accents has led you to put pronunciation as such a like big bit of your language learning and me looking like having writing that looks really nice is such a big thing for me because i am really interested in like calligraphy i'd love to be able to do like some arabic and japanese calligraphy at some point like that would be great
0: mm-hmm.
1: um but i just found that interesting how like our interests and in things have made those such big parts of our learning
0: yeah no me too definitely i uh, i want to ask you do you have your language journal nearby which you do your little diary entries in
1: what do you know? I got it out for the podcast.
0: Nice, because you, <laughs> you specifically, now that you, you brought up how important, you know, replicating the writing and doing it for yourself is, um, I, I think it might be nice to, to show people what exactly does you do with the learning of this writing system. Do you have any entries in Bulgarian? I also my Japanese
1: notebook. I, I have one, but it's from, like, my first day of learning, so I'll grab my Bulgarian notebook okay, as okay. well. Nice, um, nice, but nice. yeah, I actually I took out my writing notebook because I wanted to talk about that later when we talk about how to like improve your writing and things. Mm-hmm. Because and then I I also irrelevant. just wanna
0: talk about at some point replicating the the writing the structure of writing of native speakers. Oh wait, I
1: may not know where my Bulgarian notebook is.
0: Oh, that's okay. I just wanted you to show people how you do your diarrhea trees thing.
1: Okay, well I'll show that, but um, just like, just like I'd say, like I spent. Like, this was how I learned hiragana, and it wasn't because I needed to do this to memorize them. This was so that I could get, this is me writing it till I have one that I like the look of. (laughs) Like, um, like, I took the approach they do in, like, elementary school, where they give you the thing and you have to write the the letter letter over and over and over again. Because it is such a, like, important thing for me, and, like, as I've gone on, like, I try very hard to make my, like, characters look nice, and I'm taking time with kanji stroke order and things. Mm -hmm. Um, so I feel like it's just kind of one of those things that is quite important to me, but I think it is definitely tied to, like, I'd never thought of it before, but I think after you mentioned how you put such an emphasis on pronunciation because of your love of, like, accents and, like, Mm -hmm. doing impersonations and that kind of thing, I think it's very interesting to think that, like, I do have this really big interest in calligraphy, and that's probably why I put such an emphasis on it.
0: That's so cool. That's Um, really cool. Yeah,
1: Okay. But I guess to transition away from that topic and into mm-hmm. our next bit where we're going to talk about um, like how to like sentence structure and that kind of thing, and then how to improve your writing. This is my writing notebook. <laughs> so as well as having an individual notebook for each language that I study, I have this, which is literally just like journal entries in each language. So that way I can kind of track my progress. Um, I send Matt my German one so he can <laughs> tell me corrections. Um, I only have, yeah, I only have one, or no, I've got two Bulgarian ones. One Mm. of them is two, technically two sentences, (laughs) and the other one is four sentences. Nice. (laughs) Both of them, this is the longest one right That's not bad. (laughs) But just to kind of show you, like, I mean, this was written very quickly as well.
0: Is it written in cursive? I can't see, sorry.
1: No, it's not. Um, Oh, okay. It's... So, yeah, look at that. It's very... I, I write very messily in this notebook, actually. I do not focus on my handwriting here as much as I do mm-hmm. in my other notebook, but I... Like, my my notes for Bulgarian are much neater than those, because that also was after, like, two days of study When that. Like, the first one literally says, hello, <laughs> I am Abigail. <laughs> also, not my name is Abigail. It's, like, actually incorrect as well. Oh, no. Um, so... <laughs> Yeah, and then the other one just says basically, like, hello, I am Abigail, I am learning Bulgarian. So, (laughs) they're not very advanced. Um, But, I mean, overall, I still, I write in print. And that, I'd say that's not the best Mm -hmm. (laughs) for that.
0: That's interesting. Because, like, not only do you know the cursive, you write in print. Like, I feel like that didn't... So you learned two writing systems Bulgarian? Well, the thing is, Bulgarian. is because
1: I also... You know how you said that your book never made it clear that you'd need to, like, know cursive, oh, really? Yes, did? My book didn't either. Oh. I learned this along the way of learning Bulgarian. So, like, I knew the cursive. I learned how to write the letters and things because I... In case I ever see something written in cursive, I want to be able to know what it says, be able to identify it. But the problem is, is about halfway through my, like... Learning I don't know where I read this or something, but I I learned that it's very obvious That mm-hmm. you are not Actually from one of those countries like it's a it, it's very clear that you're a foreigner if you write in print because no one writes in print Wow um, That's interesting. And so it, it kind of you can see I think it's not even till my second Bulgarian notebook that I start writing in cursive and even then, it's mainly I used it for example sentences because it would take me so much longer to get through chapters if I would write down the vocab in cursive because it just takes me so long. Mm-hmm. Um, which sucks, and I wish, like, I do think it's really important to get down things like writing and uh, uh, speaking, like your pronunciation in the beginning because going back is so hard. Yeah, I agree. And so I wish that I'd known that cursive was going to be what I needed. Because I would have started from the beginning and I would have worked very slowly as I learned to read the alphabet with writing as well. And so then it wouldn't be like, now I have to very tediously move through the chapters, even though I should be progressing really quickly because I know what's happening, but I just can't write.
0: And now, just to ask you a question um, as to uh, one one of those, like, the the questions that language learners hate. Um, Oh, good. (laughs) But, um... I just, I just want to ask because it's curious to me, as a person who currently lives in the United States and is a language learner, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. who probably does not- I also. What? I also do. Yeah. That's what I was referring to, you. Mm. Um, how often are you coming across native Bulgarian script that you need to know how to read? (laughs) Like, because online you're seeing print, I assume. You're
1: correct. Um,
0: like- how, how useful is it for you to know this script?
1: Um, hmm.
0: It, you know, and it's totally sort of fine if, like, you just want to know it. Because, like, it's like me with accents. Like, I just want to do it. I mean.
1: Yeah, I guess. Because I guess if I think about it, it's mainly me thinking about, for reading purposes, if I ever go there. Mm. Uh, which I suppose is the same for listening. You could all obviously listen to someone that sounds very close to your accent and it would probably make listening comprehension a lot easier for you um but and with my writing I guess I just want it to look like a native which is the same thing with pronunciation I want to sound and look as close as I can I guess look is in my writing obviously not as in like me I'm like I must transform (laughs) um (laughs) but I want to like come off I guess as close to like, with language learning, I want to seem as close to had I been, like, raised like it as I possibly can get to. That's really um, cool. Obviously, mm-hmm. I know it's not totally possible to reach a, basically, I'm a native at every single mm-hmm. language I study. No, of course. But, um, mm-hmm. but, I mean, I have that goal with everything because I feel like why not have that large goal be the future thing. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess it is just the same thing of, like, I have an interest in seeming in being able to read and write the way a native would um it would be handy if i'm ever in the country but obviously like that's not my on my mind every time i study especially because bulgarian isn't one that's spoken in many countries around the world it's literally spoken in bulgarian that's about it um (laughs) so yeah i guess it's just one of those things where it's like a a personal interest and a personal like overarching language goal That's as really opposed cool. to it actually being useful and relevant to my studies <laughs> i I, re-
0: I respect it nonetheless because i think like it's it's a very great personal motivation like i mean there there are people uh be, being a conlanger as i am which i've mentioned before um people who create their own scripts and languages and like if you were to ask somebody what what use does the script have for you Yeah. i, I mean if, if we're talking in practicality here your use has more practicality than a, a fake script, which is being used for personal, uh, uh what's the word I'm looking for?
1: Just aesthetic, aesthetic
0: purposes yeah. and, and aesthetical pleasure. um But like, it. Of course, I I agree with the person who's making the fake script as much as I agree with you, and I agree. Well, I with, think cause also because also I'm like, not. I, I do it as well.
1: I think because also like I'm not learning a language necessarily like for the typical like useful reasons like every language I learn while there may be somewhere I'm like this will be good because blank like I'd like to learn Italian at some point because I'm a filmmaker and I have interest in Italian cinema Mm -hmm. so it would be nice to be able to gain more from the films by understanding what they're saying beyond the subtitles but still like I don't learn but even then like overall my reason for learning every language is not this will help me in a career, mm-hmm. it's, I want to learn this for my own enjoyment, so basically everything I do with a language is also just for my own enjoyment, Definitely. so for me, learning a script really well is extremely useful, because I get, like, satisfaction out of that, and in the end, yeah. that's all I want from any language, really, is I, I enjoy studying languages, I enjoy being able to speak a variety of languages, yeah. I enjoy just language learning in general and, like, polyglottism and all that kind of thing. So, like, I guess in that sense, like, if I was learning it because I want a promotion where I have to be able to know Spanish, Mm -hmm. then learning if Spanish had a different writing system, then learning the writing system to a native level probably wouldn't really affect my job qualifications at all. But because I learn things just for myself, really anything that I want to be useful mm-hmm. is useful.
0: <laughs> exactly. I totally agree. And, like, and that, comes out, that comes back to the whole like, um, making goals. I, I don't know if we've talked a lot about goal setting on this podcast. Um, and I, I feel like we, we differ when it comes to making goals. I feel like you are a person who has very clear defined goals for what you want to do in, in language learning. Mm-hmm. And I think they typically have to do with like completing courses and whatnot I know there are people who um, make goals which are uh, to understand a movie to read a book to have a conversation mm-hmm. with a native speaker and like I, I think having clearly defined goals are perfect um, but when it comes to something like a script or an accent I mean it, it's really hard to have goals in that sense and it's sort of just something which you, you do for yourself I think I mean yeah
1: that's something where I also don't have clearly defined goals like because also I have both clearly and Mm non-clearly defined goals um like i mean i just have the goal like sometimes my goal is like speak german like know the german language and that is not definite at all but then what i do is to make it like to break that down because i know that that can just be overwhelming in a sense and also like it makes it kind of harder like i break it down into things like since like in my goals video i said like i wanted to have my german ready for for our trip but then I broke that down into, like, other goals. Like, I want to finish this book. I want to read a, a novel. I want to, like, do all these things because I feel those will be things that will prepare me. Um, but, I mean, French, like, I do want to work on my accent. And it's literally just, like, improve accent is my goal. <laughs> like, um yeah. And even that's just, like, it's not something I can necessarily be, like... Hacking away at or whatever like doing a little bit each day like it is something i'm doing a little bit of each day but like it's not not in the way i do a book each day it's really just me being more conscious of it when i speak french Mm -hmm. um so and it's the same with writing systems like it's i don't necessarily sit down and practice my writing it's more of a as i write things i'm going to like watch out for how i'm writing it and try and get it to look the way i want it to Mm
0: mm-hmm really interesting I find this whole this whole concept interesting because um, I feel like when I'm writing on paper in French I can write anything pretty quickly and I'll make a few grammatical mistakes just because my my whole um, getting the genders co- correct when you're using the verb être and all that and like I, I mess things up very simply a lot like that uh, pretty often <laughs> but when I'm typing in French on my phone I'm so slow people you, Uh, And, like, partners that I'm doing, like, like, exchanges with Are always like, are you still there? While I'm, like, typing my response And it's just like (laughs) I'm just slow in French I I, German, I'm fine Norwegian I, like Oh, that's
1: strange Because I say that it could be the keyboard Because I know I don't necessarily type slow in French But I get tripped up Because the, like It's like the A and the W are, like, flipped or something So it's like and since A, I know A is one of the letters that's flipped, and it's one that I need all the time. Yeah. So I end up, like, mm-hmm. pressing the wrong letter, and I have to go back and fix it. Exactly. But, like, I, it doesn't slow me down too much beyond me being like, oh, not again. Yeah. And usually also it can correct itself, because yeah. I type it, and it's like, you did not mean to type a W there. <laughs> like.
0: Yeah. No, I just, I just, I find this whole thing very interesting. Um, yeah, I, I'm a, i this makes me want to learn a new script now, and like, <laughs> delve into that. Oh my gosh! I'm trying to think of what languages you can apply this to because I would say definitely any languages would use the Cyrillic alphabet. Um, mm-hmm.
1: I'm yeah, not... that's the thing is I don't know how relevant it is to other languages, and I'd be interested to learn if it's the same thing. Because like I said, I didn't know this about the Cyrillic alphabet until I read somewhere that it's like, yeah, no one uses print like that's like for typing and stuff, but you cannot write in print like people do not do it, mm-hmm. and so it's
0: crazy. and also
1: I'm gonna say I don't know if that's every country that uses the Cyrillic alphabet before someone's like I learned Ukrainian and they don't do that or whatever like I this is just from what I knew and I was like oh yikes better switch it up (laughs) um but I'd be interested to know if it's the same with things like Japanese and Korean I watch a lot of youtubers who learn languages that have learned Japanese or Korean and have focused a lot on their writing and, and they point out when going through old notebooks they're like look how bad my writing was so I don't know if it is a thing that's very very obvious um I don't know I'd be interested to see how many languages it's like a a very big difference in how you
0: like a cultural thing yeah. yeah 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 cuz I, I think at that point you you're very much crossing into the uh, the cultural aspect of language learning where like you, you want to fit into the culture you don't really want to stand out and I, d- I definitely think writing in that sense, just like an accent, can make you stick out like a, sto- a sore thumb in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, it, an accent you won't really stick out as much if you can yeah maybe can that's speak the also language. why
1: I enjoy writing a little bit more than accent is because it does usually have a cultural connection. Like like I said, I'm also mm-hmm. very interested in calligraphy, and that's like a very like there's so much culture behind like the art of calligraphy. Of calligraphy yeah that like if I were to start learning how to do calligraphy in a certain language, I'd end up learning so much about the culture as well and like why they value the art, what emphasis they placed on it. Middle Eastern calligraphy is beautiful. It is. It's like basically calligraphy in general, like also I don't know any Chinese, but Chinese calligraphy is wonderful as well. Like I'm just very interested in calligraphy and that kind of thing. So And I think definitely, like, I am interested in the culture behind it as well. And maybe that's part of why I'm so interested in writing systems and stuff is because there's usually cultures that place an emphasis on how the writing looks Mm -hmm. have, like, some artistic reason, like, behind it and, like, some cultural connection to their history and stuff. So Yeah.
0: And I find this very interesting because this entire podcast seems to only apply to written languages. If we were to take a language like American Sign Language or um, an an indigenous language, an indigenous language that just doesn't have a native writing system, like a lot of languages are Mm. linguists put writing systems to it. I mean, even if you take Haitian Creole, I don't know if they've come up with uh, a a writing system, in orthography they like yet. I'm not sure what the situation is Yeah, I don't
1: have an update on that. I probably should have an update on that. I did a presentation for, I took a French Caribbean literature class, um... And I ended up doing a presentation really on the Haitian orthography and all the debates behind it. But the the most recent article I used was dated, like, 1991.
0: So oh, so maybe they have some
1: now. I don't have an... Uh, yeah, that's the thing is I don't have an update for you since mm-hmm. then. I probably uh, should have <laughs> looked into that. But I, I needed to focus on a few specific articles, so mm-hmm. I didn't. But
0: but, uh, but anyway, I, I find it's really interesting because I, I'm a big... Supporter of uh, people like Steve Kaufman whose idea is um, uh, Well, the thing is I think I've like m- my support here is uh, it's got two prongs in that uh, I agree with uh, shut up <laughs> it, I, I agree with Steve Kaufman in that input the, the way he does it, input. He does that a lot is um, Supreme in language learning basically you need to <laughs> you need to read and listen read and listen read and listen and Listen yeah. to what you're reading and I think that's very important, but if you're learning a language that doesn't have a writing system, how can you do that? Um, but we're talking about writing Well, I guess tonight. it's
1: just something you don't have to, I, like, I'd say it's just something you don't focus on then. No, like, of course. Like, you, you've just lost two of the, um, two of the, the core things, and that just gives you more time to focus on the other totally, things. Totally, um, totally. Because I think also, like, American Sign Language has its own set of things, and I guess you'd say separate, that it would be yeah. closer to pronunciation. But when you're doing the hand gestures, the way you do it does come off as yeah, an accent. It's
0: like body language. Um, mm-hmm. it's
1: like yeah, language but there's certain in, in certain movements, itself. there is like an accent to it, but I guess that's closer to speaking with an accent than writing with a different script. Definitely. So I think you can just kind of avoid, if it's only a written language, you don't have to bother with pronunciation, and if you're only doing speaking, then you don't have to bother. Mm-hmm. I think it's just one of those things.
0: And then uh, I, just, I just wanted to add, like, my second prong is, or I should just say point, my second point, is, um, like, while I agree with Steve Kaufman in that um, input is important, I think I agree even more, or, well, I wouldn't say more, but, like, to the same extent with Moses McCormick or Lao Shu, who is such a... Pro- I want to say proprietor. That's not the word I'm looking for. <laughs> That's not the word I want. Is such a big supporter of um, output. Having that input yeah. and then outputting it. And, and he does writing, and he does exactly what you're doing, which is learning learning the cursive script um, and learning the script of every language that he studies, which I think is uh, phenomenal. And uh, I, I think I it's... think
1: I, I'd say that both... in I don't agree with either, but I also agree with both. Like, I think that input and output are equally important so i would not say that input is very important and i wouldn't say that output is very important like i think you just kind of need to do both
0: so by that you mean both are important yes i do okay
1: because like i have
0: a whole podcast i could do i I don't
1: think that either is necessarily like more important or more helpful unless you personally find one more helpful and also Uh again it depends on your own personal goals like i think the thing with language learning that a lot of Polyglots don't necessarily even discuss, like, they'll be like, this is the key to language learning. But the thing is, is it, it's very different for everyone, which is why even when I say I don't like a resource, I still recommend it. Mm -hmm. Some, I still say don't, like, if you're interested in it, still give it a shot, because unless it's, like, a scam where they, like, take all your money and run. (laughs) But, um, like, certain things, like, people have, like, if I've heard that people have had really good experiences with it, but I didn't, like, it's because people learn very differently. And, like, so... I mean, That's for some true. people, like, output could be more important, but, like, I wouldn't say that necessarily And, like, necessarily. really they're... scary. Yeah, I think also, but it also depends on, like, your goals for the language. Like, I know there are people that only want to be able to listen and speak it. They've got no interest in reading a book, no interest in writing things. Mm-hmm. Like, they just want to be able to speak it with their friends. But other people... Don't even necessarily want to be able to speak it like especially people that learn ancient languages They can't really even speak with anyone right now mm-hmm. Like they just want to be able to read texts in it or something yeah. and so I think it's Really language learning is all about whatever your personal goals for the language are mm-hmm. and so
0: Definitely I totally agree. that's
1: just kind of where I stand on it And I feel like a lot of people that talk about languages on blogs on YouTube and stuff don't necessarily address that as much they kind of are more so take the approach of, like, I've found the secret to languages. Yeah, lots of people <laughs> think that
0: they're, like, the, the savior of language learning, and I have found the way to do it, but it's And I guess it everybody. helps
1: necessarily, I think what it is, is it helps in getting them noticed for, like, monoglots that mm-hmm. are, like, I don't know how to learn a language, what's the secret to learning a language? What is the secret but to learning a language? But I think, I think the secret is that there is no secret. Yeah. <laughs> like, we can you find know as many... You the secret.
0: You just got Yeah, find we can it.
1: find lots of tips for you, and we can recommend things for you, but in the end, like, everyone has different things they want stop out of language Stop wanting learning. to
0: learn a language and just do it.
1: Sit down, <laughs>
0: start somehow, even... Can that
1: be, like, quote for the, like, we're gonna put that on merch, it'll Let's be like, stop wanting to learn a language, just, just do. do it.
0: Oh no, is that copying Nike? <laughs> just do we're it. We're gonna
1: get sued. <laughs> and then, so we'll have to take that out, so it'll just say, stop, stop wanting, to learn, wanting to learn a language. <laughs> Um so I guess if you're cool we should probably move on to talking about sentence structure and stuff cuz we mentioned yeah, that and now um, we're we're pretty deep into the podcast and haven't discussed that at all yet.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so this is something which I feel like is very important when when it comes from an English speaker like me who was not taught english grammar growing up who learned english gra- the the little bit that i know of english grammar comes from my knowledge of german grammar mm-hmm. uh
1: but it's also very different
0: which is very in different. in the sense
1: that yeah even um, sometimes we use the same like wording for things but it's very different
0: but like verb sending is. to the end and all this stuff like that doesn't exist in english um
1: no it does not so <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: I-, I wish I learned English grammar, and I think at some point I need to just buy myself an English grammar book and sit down and do it.
1: I actually did that. I don't. I think oh, I yeah. may have gotten rid of it, though, because it was, like, a really old book and was kind of weird. But I did actually acquire, because it was from that library sale, too, so mm-hmm. everything was cheap. So I, I picked it up, but then it ended up not being that great. But I hurt. did actually get an English grammar book because, like you said, like we don't get a ton of that in yeah. school.
0: I mean, we get I, I just think the, the little bit, bit that, that you need for the SAT and
1: then like that's about it yeah
0: literally the SAT is the only thing which is a, a standardized test in America that basically determines your future it's kind of down with the SAT <laughs> um <laughs> it's basically uh you have to know grammar for that and it is difficult because in public education in a lot of places you are not taught grammar um Which I thought was only me until I've talked to, like, every other American across the country. And they also haven't learned grammar. Um, So it's interesting. Yeah. Because when you're trying to learn a foreign language, there are so many terms which pop up, like, antecedent and direct object indirect object
1: yeah that was the thing is they kind of almost expected us to know it as well because like i like I, i'd get if they were like let's have them learn grammar through a foreign language because that justifies teaching a foreign language in school yes. as well yeah in the sense that they're like not only will you know a foreign language also it'll help with your english grammar mm-hmm. but at the same time then they do word things as they're like oh yes when the antecedent does this you should do this and it's like mm-hmm. I don't and know like, what antecedent means. It, like because... The thing is, is like they never told us what it was in English, so then mm-hmm. when they're like, the antecedent, the subjunctive, it's like, I don't know what this is.
0: <laughs> yeah, and when it comes to, like, I mean, I, I think it's a totally crazy how uh, languages like uh, German and French have totally different linguistic features, and yet they come from the same language. And English comes from that same language as well. I'm talking, like, Proto-Indo-European. Um, like, the fact that German has cases... French doesn't, and English kind of does, kind of has one. Um, Do we? I, if you're talking about, like, whom? Oh. Like, that, that's what I'm thinking. I
1: think whom is the only word we even I, have. I, that, yeah. Is there any other word that does that? You does can kind of
0: say that, I think you could. You can make the argument that we have genitive just with possessive, poss- possessivity, if that's a word, possession, <laughs> possessivity, <laughs> nice,
1: yeah, but then I guess it could be argued as to whether it's just the possessive, or if it is a different case.
0: Yeah. I... I think the possessive is its own case.
1: Mm, They're the putting that S. It's not in French, necessarily, but...
0: Okay. I, I'll have to research that, because I don't want to preach the wrong thing. But, uh, like, learning Esperanto made the accusative incredibly clear for me. Uh, doing yeah. conlang by myself and wanting to just throw cases into a language and like doing yeah, I feel like
1: you are you have a much better better hold on grammar than I do because we both were not taught in school, but then you've learned so much about grammar and what words like antecedent mean like I do know what an antecedent is now. I actually but like, forget um I think but it's like the verb
0: before the noun the noun a verb is referring to
1: yes okay I believe
0: <laughs> we're not I don't
1: have a great hold on the antecedent, we're not necessarily, don't we're ask not
0: linguists that. I do like linguistics though. <laughs>
1: I would like to study linguistics and learn things like this, but for now, don't.
0: For now, I'm a language learner. Language learner but, um... and linguistics linguist are different. <laughs>
1: um, but what, what, is what was I uh, I think you've learned a little bit more, like, you have a better hold on things like that because you did study how to build a language, and so you kind of have learned just kind of, like, grammar points that exist that I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily as aware of because I haven't studied them at all. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so that being said, how, I guess for anyone who's not aware, like, how is it different in certain languages? Like, the sentence structure beyond just the normal, like, some of them have subject verb object some of them are subject-object-verb. Like, what are some other ways that your sentence can come off as not being close to native Can I, close can I native use the sound? German example? You can, I'm not sure how many people...
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm just going to use German because I think it's, the, uh, it's likely to relate to a, a good amount of people, and I'll try to explain it as Englishy as I can. Um, basically, there are certain words in German which are called uh, subordinating conjunctions. What does that mean? It basically means when these words are used, they are going to make the verb of the next object be sent to the end of the sentence. Um, I could give you a much more grammatical definition of that, Um, and all it really means for anybody learning German is, it's gonna take some time to learn this, Um, but it's totally fine and it becomes natural over time, and how does it become natural? Uh, It becomes natural because you you have to learn to form this, and that that takes time, that takes That takes place over time um so like if i want to say i i i do this because i want to do that it's i do this because i that want to do like so you have to almost like reshift the way you think in your brain to form the sentence and I know when you were first learning German you were like do I do I need to know everything I'm gonna say before I say it like
1: yeah and, and this is the it thing. it started to come it is actually a thing that starts to come more naturally and people to like think reading. it's like, impossible by the time I made like I think it was my third German diary mm-hmm. I was using the past tense to talk about something yeah. and it it was very I don't want to say like easy necessarily but it it came a lot more naturally to me to say my sentence and then throw that last verb at the end mm-hmm. um, and I didn't necessarily have to think out everything I was gonna say before I said it.
0: Yeah, it. and this is like, a, with all language, I mean, there, there's a reason the word fluency exists, it's because it becomes more fluid. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, I know we don't necessarily like the term fluency, but it, it is a word that's thrown a lot, around a lot in language learning, and I think, you know, it has merit to it, of course. Um, but I, I don't think it's possible to achieve anything near fluid speech if you cannot formulate Thoughts into the language um and whether you're doing this via speech or writing i think uh writing has so much value to it, what we overlook nowadays because we
1: uh i was gonna say i feel like people don't put enough emphasis on how great writing is when learning a language that, that's what i just like, said yeah like obviously speaking is important as well and you can't totally get the speaking experience from writing mm-hmm. but like instead of paying to have a tutor every day if you just write a few days writing really gets your brain like thinking mm-hmm. about what you have to say next and it it really does work a lot like speaking and really helps your speaking if you write often
0: definitely 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 um because because when you write and when you when you read and this is talking about very much um reading impacting writing and i mean you can also have all of the other cores impact your writing, I think, because when you do listening, you can hear how sentences are being formed and then implement that in your mm-hmm. writing. Um, and so when you have things like this in German, well, I'm just using this example because it's, um, I think, easily conveyed. When you have things like this, you hear it all over the place because there's another word in German, which also means because, and it doesn't send the verb to the end. It's just not used a lot. Like people prefer the word weil which is the, the subordinating conjunction would send it to the end. And there are a whole bunch of other subordinating conjunctions, um, and they are frequently used. And so the reason they're frequently used, I can't tell you, but they have this feature to them that is acquirable. It's, it's not mm-hmm. impossible. That's a thing.
1: I think also, even beyond that, there there are just in French, I know, I can't think of any examples off the top of my head, but there's just words that the wording in the sentence is a little different, like, you just kind of put a word that you'd put in one place while speaking or writing in English, you'd kind of move it somewhere in the middle of the sentence, yeah. like, before a pronoun or something, I, I can't think of an example, otherwise I'd give you a much more specific answer there, um, you, but, uh... like, there there are some words in French where they don't go in the same place you'd have them in English. Mm-hmm. Um, so just, it, it's something that you have to pick up on in order to make your writing sound more, less foreign. And I also, I was watching a video last night. Um, I don't remember the username of the person, but she was talking about how she gets messages in Japanese, and the people are using perfect grammar, perfect vocab, but their sentences just don't really sound that native like yep. they sound sa- they sound very awkward just because uh, an, a native speaker would put the words in a different order and it's not necessarily to do with the grammar it's just kind of how spe- people like i guess there probably are grammatical explanations for it but it's it's beyond like a case or a verb or something it's about more so like just the way that they form sentences
0: could you tell your story about when you learned american sign language when you were younger with your friends syntax
1: oh well this is different this is like full-on syntax i was saying that this is beyond like syntax necessarily uh, it's i just, just think how they word sentences yeah. um but syntax is also important kids yeah um when i learned american sign language in like eighth grade with my friends i tried to learn the syntax and my friends were like we don't need that let's just do it like english just with the words which actually is something It's called pse which is I want to say practical signed English, but I mm-hmm. don't think that's correct in the slightest. Um, but it is it's it is American the English syntax, but with American Sign Language signs mm. for words. Um, and it's a different thing. Um, but yeah, definitely learning syntax and even just the, the weird sentence structure things like French has are important. Mm-hmm.
0: Like... <laughs> Even an- another example I just, I just randomly thought of was, like, if you were doing a writing, and it, it, let's say you're writing in Spanish, which is not, not a language I have a lot of mastery over, I, to be frank. Um, if I was to write like I do in French, in Spanish, just because the two are romance languages, in French, I would write the pronoun and then conjugate the verb next for the pronoun. In Spanish, you can you can leave yeah. the verb alone with the the conjugation for the the subject which does not need to be mentioned um yeah and this is something again uh, and of course you know it this has rules to it like you know the subject has to be under understand understand <laughs> the, the subject has to be able you have to be able to identify the subject by context um but nonetheless if you were to write the subject and and conjugate the verb for every sentence in your Spanish Mm -hmm. you would not sound native um, or you would just not sound coherent really it's it's too much it's too much formality in a sense and I wouldn't even say formal it's kind of sloppy in a sense
1: well it just it definitely sounds more like English and or I suppose you're you're applying English
0: rules to a different language and that's not how it works
1: yeah so I guess going off of that what are some some things that you do to improve your writing, just to make it sound more or like read more as um, a native's writing, I suppose. We we say the word native, I guess. Yeah, we've been like, using uh, a lot. Just as close to like
0: higher level, I guess, would be better to say like a.
1: Well, I guess I suppose it is as close to the way a native would write. Yeah,
0: you'll never you'll never reach. So I don't want to say never. You you, it's it's very difficult. Well, to Well, I reach. think
1: you just cannot be a native speaker because the mm. thing is is what happens is there are people that speak a second language better than their native language yes but the thing is is that people that grow up with it do make errors in places and it's like the specific errors they make and stuff and it's just you're always going to know the other language you know mm-hmm. so definitely it's always going to affect you i guess
0: but uh you were asking what are some things you can do to improve writing yeah i feel like you, how do you improve your writing i feel like you are more qualified to answer this question than me because I don't think I focus enough on my writing. Being a person so interested in writing, I think I, I more focus on reading and listening um, in mm-hmm. order to improve my speaking. Um, but I think that all of that impacts my writing. So um, I could talk about that, but I, I think you you definitely might have a better answer for this than I would.
1: Okay, so I guess I'll answer first sure, then. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess really the only way though, that I really practice, I think. I mean, obviously, like, I I do speak and listen and read as well, or I try to at least. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like reading is probably the one that I don't focus on enough. Um, Mm -hmm. although, I don't know, it depends on the language. Um, but I feel like a reading can easily be the one that I don't do enough of. Um, like, I know that's the case for French. Um, Mm -hmm case for bulgarian really every i think german is the only one i did decently with that with (laughs) um but writing was i guess the only advice i can give is to write more and that can be done through conversational things like texting a friend or using hello talk or something like that Mm -hmm. Uh, duolingo has that conversations thing now Mm -hmm.
0: Um, but those are very those are very
1: quick things um and i'd say for like more writing experience definitely like keeping a journal like i do um I just like to take you through these like I just write about um like I start from the very beginning so like that's why I have one that literally just says hello Mm -hmm. I am Abigail like I try and write I don't have a ton of entries in here so it's kind of hard to tell you (laughs) that I do that but um I also haven't done a ton of language learning since I got this but um I, I just write like what I, I try and do, like, what I did that day, because that's an easy thing to write about, Mm -hmm. or if I want to practice other tenses, I'll do, like, what I want to do tomorrow, what I am doing, um, just kind of things like that. I also, I'll talk about things that I'm learning. Um, one of my German ones, I, I'd learned about clothing, so I talked about what I was wearing that day, um, what kind of clothes I own, what I enjoy wearing, that kind of thing. Um, I, Yeah, I I try and use it to document my language learning, but also talk about things, like, get some practice with things that I could speak about. Mm -hmm. Um, And in that sense, it makes your writing very useful as well. Like, like I said, I was practicing, like, talking about clothing. Um, I, yeah, I I think mainly I try and just talk about what I've been doing and what I would like to do and that kind of thing. Because that gives you, especially if you talk about, like, what you've done, what you're doing right now. And what you will do, that gives you a chance to get through like many tenses really fast. Um, definitely. So I, yeah.
0: All oh, right. I, um... I'd
1: say keeping a journal, and like my goal. No, sorry to cut you off. No, no, it's fine. <laughs> my but goal you... for this summer is to like try and get probably, like, my, my biggest goal would be to be doing like at least a journal entry per language per week. Yeah. Um, I like I don't that know one. how, that, that's how well one. that's gonna work, but, um,. Just to get that writing practice in, and, like, it's also really nice to be able to flip through this and see how far you, you've come from seeing you write, like, this is my name, I'm blank years old, that kind of thing, to then, like, writing, like, I wish I'd gone to the store earlier today because yeah. it was busy and all that kind of thing. <coughs> so I guess my biggest recommendation would just be to start a journal or start, like, writing in your notebook, you could do that too, like definitely. your specific language notebook, just writing little entries.
0: I, um, yeah, I wanted to say um, what, what I think, I, I don't do enough writing in my languages, and I think after this podcast it's something I'm definitely going to make an effort to improve on, because recently, I, well, in the course of this podcast, I think um, a distinction should be made that taking notes on a language is not writing in the language. When when we yes. say writing, we specifically mean sitting down and. Well,
1: I think earlier we were saying taking notes too. If we're talking just about writing systems, yeah. And I'm talking
0: about well, like when you go to speak to somebody, writing should mm-hmm. be that same type of output where like you're using actual brain power. Yeah, and
1: that's why I feel that it's just as useful as speaking almost. Mm-hmm. And I think you're, writing you're is also great language. because if you want to do a language you haven't maybe used in a while, you'd be surprised at how much you can actually recall if you're sitting down and giving yourself time to write like i did a german one and i was like i remember like i wrote over a page and it was me talking about like how long it had been since i learned german and what i wanted to do with my german and that kind of thing and like i was not expecting to know that much Mm -hmm. and writing gave me a lot more buffer time to kind of think than speaking would yeah it's crazy but just getting it all out really refreshed things so like For you, like, you haven't done Esperanto in a while, like, write a journal entry in Esperanto. You'd be surprised.
0: Yeah. And you know what? I just might. I I think I'm definitely going to start that idea with a language journal and just have entries. uh... You
1: bought one. You have one.
0: I do have one. You are correct.
1: We bought our journals, like, at the same time and Matt just never used it.
0: Uh Uh-huh. I'm going to hopefully fix that today. Thank you. I think that just just about wraps it up for this podcast, though. I, I very much enjoyed this topic.
1: Yeah, it was, I'm glad that I offered it, because I asked, I kind of posed this to Matt the other day via text, and he, he didn't fully comprehend. because yeah,
0: no, I, like, I was confused. Because
1: it's kind of hard to explain via text. Um, so I was like, if you want to do it for a podcast, we can also talk about just writing in general. Mm. But we did end up talking for, like, 40 minutes just about writing systems. Yeah, that's so. crazy. That was awesome. I'm, I'm glad that I did pose the, co- the topic because that was a, an interesting conversation. That was a great
0: one. All right. So. And I'd
1: also like to hear from you guys again yeah, down below. We've had people telling us, like, today was the day we posted the pronunciation one, but we've already had people telling us what their stance on it is and stuff. So I'd like to hear what you guys think about writing systems and writing Yeah, and, like, sounds uh, definitely
0: and getting back to the... To the... Conversation we were having earlier on handwriting and uh, native-like handwriting, because in a, in a day that is becoming progressively more modern, um, mm. and with the with the consistent uh, progression in technology and its its prevalence in our lives, how much do we need handwriting? Do you think? Like, how important is it? I know so many people who take language notes on the computer, and like for me that just doesn't really work. I do it in a language like like. They've
1: actually done studies that. Handwriting helps you remember things and And I
0: agree with that, and that's why I like like longhand in so many senses for studying. So,
1: in a sense, like, I guess it's always going to be prevalent and useful in our Mm -hmm. society, at least in academia. I think also, like, I don't know, I enjoy putting post-it notes up for me to know what I need to do. I enjoy... Mm-hmm. I can't plan my day on my phone. Like, I, mm-hmm. I keep a that bullet journal. That never works for me.
0: I don't know why, but, like, doing it like on Like, I paper keep a works. bullet
1: journal, and then, like, I have to have a paper calendar, too. So, mm-hmm. I, I think that writing, it obviously depends on how you live your life, and I'd love to be one of those people that's like, I own only a laptop. I'm paperless. But, like, yeah, I don't I, paperless. It just I cannot works so function well for me as well that way like I need to write notes down and I need to be able to plan my life out on paper because otherwise mm-hmm. like it just doesn't really work for mm-hmm. me um so I mean I guess you could say that writing is becoming less needed but I think it's still it, 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 needed
0: because it's becoming less needed it's almost more needed I
1: think yeah I think it depends on what you do with it but i mean i think i'm always gonna write on paper even if we get overtaken by like robot society or something (laughs) like i'm still probably gonna want to use paper at least
0: what language will the robot speak java i don't know (laughs) all right so thank you very much for this awesome podcast and uh we will see you next wednesday thank you and remember
1: also before we go oh before we go before we go i just wanted to say that since we're making podcasts every single wednesday now Mm -hmm. we do have more topics to talk about but i'd love to be able to talk about some things that you guys want to hear discussed Mm. um so if you guys have any questions that you want to pose to us any topics you want us to cover anything like that um, please let us know because since we're, we're posting a podcast every week for many months and we're going to run we, out of we have lots of episodes <laughs> yep. that we have time to do so I'd, I'd love to be able to use some of that time for things mm-hmm. that you guys are curious about
0: definitely. definitely so thank you guys very much if you're interested in supporting the podcast helping us get nice audio quality like this uh, we have a Patreon link in the description so if you're interested in supporting us like that check out that link and uh, thank you very much we will see you next week all right. And remember, practice, practice makes, makes progress. progress. Oh, nice. That wasn't bad. Cool. I don't know if we got that I think one we as did. Well. I think we did. All right. Thank you, guys. We'll see you next week.
1: All right. Bye. Bye.